Good morning. How are y'all? <laughs> Thank you so much for having me here. I uh, ran in late because black people are always late. <laughs> I would not allow myself to be on time. I went around the block so I could be late. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. Uh, I am founder and president of a nonprofit organization called Bond the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. And we are rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. We've been around 29 years now. And if the Lord is willing and the creek don't rise, uh, next February will be 30 years. And it's amazing to me because when I first started Bond um, 29 years ago, I had no idea what I was doing zero idea so I just I realized that all I need to do is take it one day at a time one step at a time and I remember when I first started on I developed a board and the board members were asking me what are your plans what do you plan to do what are your five-year plans what are your three-year plans I'm like I don't know I have no idea <laughs> and so they, were, <laughs> they kept trying to get me to come up with a plan but I could not come up with a plan. The only thing I knew I wanted to do was to rebuild the family, bring back God's order. And that order is God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman and woman over children. And nothing is gonna happen uh, uh, but that order. It would never be right unless we restore that order. At Bond, we have a, <clears throat> we tutor, we counsel, we have a home for young men we bring in from around the country and we show them how to overcome the anger first. They have to overcome that anger. You must forgive so that God can forgive them and overcome that anger, <clears throat> and then we can work with them. We uh, tutor, we counsel, we help find jobs. We, uh, we now uh, have an entrepreneur academy that I started. And the reason I started the entrepreneur academy is because I noticed that a lot of these guys had great talent. They didn't have the moral aspect, but they had the talent. And so a lot of them wanted to start businesses, but they didn't know how to do it. <clears throat> and so we decided to open up an academy to show them how to start businesses. And what I had to do, I started a credit union uh, in order to loan them the money so that, and then they pay it back with small interest. But a lot of these guys, their credit were already messed up when they were little boys because a lot of times the mothers put credit in their names <clears throat> because the mother credit is all screwed up. And so she used the little kid's name. And But when they become adults, they can't use their credit. So we had to loan them the money. That's why I started the credit union. And I have to tell you, it's absolutely been amazing. It's been more than I could ever, ever, ever imagine. I never imagined that one day <clears throat> we'll be helping people around the world. I'm, I'm literally working with men and women in Africa, uh, England, Russia, Canada, and other parts of the world I never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed that the problem is the same. They've been turned away from their fathers, and so they hate their fathers. And a lot of mothers have turned the boys and the girls away from their fathers toward them. And when, when and the kids grow up resenting the pressure that the mothers put on them. And so, as you know, <clears throat> you become like what you hate. 
whomever you cause you to become angry, control you. And so a lot of these young men and boys, I mean, and women are growing up with anger because they resent their mothers for the pressure that she put on them. They are afraid to speak up. They're afraid to do what's right. So what we do is we show them how to forgive their mothers so that, because the mothers, many of them can't help it. They don't realize what they're doing. And so um, in the Bible, I read that if you forgive, if you have anger, go and forgive. And when you forgive, he will forgive you, right? And he said, no man, no human being can enter into the kingdom of heaven unless you forgive. And so these young men and women around the world are going and they're forgiving their mothers for turning them away from their fathers, for uh, causing them to become angry at themselves and at their fathers. Thank you. And so when they forgive, God forgive them and then they wake up. That anger is gone. I hear it all the time. That anger is gone and now they're ready to deal with life without overreacting to life. It's so amazing to see that. And I noticed that for me, I had the same issue when I was growing up. And I grew up at a time when morality was apparent. There was no such thing. I grew up on a plantation down in Alabama. I was born down there, right outside of Montgomery. And I grew up on this plantation under the Jim Crow laws. And, but the one thing that we had going for ourselves is that we had family. We had family. My grandparents were around, my parents were around until they moved to Indiana. Uh, there was no such thing as abortion. Do you know I grew up my whole life for, uh, until 18 not knowing anything about abortions? When women got pregnant, they would either have the baby, and if the baby was deformed or something wrong with the baby, they would take care of the baby until the baby died of a natural death. Abortion was unheard of. And uh, so-called homosexuality and same-sex marriage, Marriage, unheard of, really. If there were gay people, we didn't know it. They kept it to themselves because in those days, morality was important. We knew that it was wrong to be, you know, to flaunt and be sinners, right? And that we should overcome it by being born again. So morality, if a girl got pregnant out of wedlock, she would have to go to Indiana somewhere and, and until she had the baby. And we were asking, well, where is Mary Lou? I don't know. She went out of town somewhere, right? And she went off and had the baby because it was an embarrassment to have children out of wedlock. Less than 10% of black babies born out of wedlock when I was growing up. Now, 70 to 75% of black babies are born out of wedlock. 70 to 75% black babies are born out of wedlock, and there's no shame in it. They celebrate, they have baby showers, the father's nowhere around. They're promoting evil as good. And when I was growing up, it wasn't like that. We knew wrong was wrong. My worst nightmare when I started dating was to make a baby out of wedlock. I was not going to make one while I was you know, at home because I knew the consequences of doing that. You would have to have a shotgun wedding. You would have to get married. And so I knew that, and so I would not make a baby out of wedlock while I was growing up. I... Uh, this anger between black people and white people, when I was growing up, was unheard of on the plantation. We were taught that our battle is a spiritual battle. It's a warfare between good and evil, right versus wrong. That we are, that they're good and all. <laughs> that they're good in black people or they're bad in black people. Because I remember growing up, if the kids were bad, 
He would say, don't go around no kids. You can't play with them. You can't hang out with them because they were bad. It would have been a bad influence for you. And the parents were not afraid to say that. Uh, they said that there were good and white people and bad and white people. It was a warfare between right and wrong. So I did not grow up hating white people because we were taught to treat everyone the way that we would like to be treated. That all changed during the so-called civil rights movement. One of the worst things, worst thing that happened to black people was the civil rights movement. It should have never happened because blacks, not all, not all, not all, not all, not all, but most, black people have not recovered since the civil rights movement. It's just been downhill ever since. They don't know now that right, there's, it's a spiritual battle. It has nothing to do with color at all. There is no, I have proven that there's no such thing as racism, sexism, homophobism, Islamophobism, deadbeat-dadism, no isms. <clears throat> it's either right or wrong. It's either right or wrong, no ism. It's a spiritual thing. And the, <clears throat> and the men and women, men and women of God, we should know that. And we should be that example. And we should tell the truth so that those who cannot find their way can find their way. God created us so that he can create love through us. And if we don't love our neighbors as ourselves, then we have no love. We don't know God. We're not supposed to hate, uh, but we're not supposed to accept a wrong as a right. Because when you accept a wrong as a right, it will control you. You won't be able to stand up to it. And so the people that need the help won't get it. And that's why we have to tell the truth, but don't hate. We have to discern. Uh, men have to overcome being afraid because of that order. God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman, and woman over children. The, the wife and the children need the father because whether you know it or not, the father, the man, represents Christ on earth. He is the son of God. He may be a weak beta, beta, beta <laughs> man, right? <laughs> he may be a beta son, but he's still a son of God. And so when you hate the son, you hate the father. When you hate your earthly father, when you're mad at your earthly fathers, when you don't have anything to do with them, it's impossible to know God. It's impossible to love God. How can you say you love God who you never seen and hate your earthly father? It's in the Bible, but they don't mention it. And so that's why when you forgive your mothers for turning you away from your fathers and return to your fathers, through him you return to God. When you love your earthly father, you will love God. If you notice, most people that don't love the earthly fathers don't love God. They don't love him. They know about God. They may have heard about him. They read about him. They can quote the scriptures about him. But in their hearts, they have not been born again. And you must be born again. God said there will come a day when he will return the fathers. He will return the fathers to the children and the children to the father. That means the adult children as well as the young children. And this is America, folks. This is the greatest country on this side of heaven. And uh, it was given to us by God. And we have a responsibility to let that light shine so that we don't lose this country. Amen. There is nowhere else to go. Really? No, everybody and their mama trying to come here. <laughs> <laughs> Have you noticed that? 
We can't even put a wall up. We keep them up. Climb the wall. And they're like, well, what about we go underground? I'm like, no, we can't come here. And so they're trying to come here for a reason. They're trying to come here because we are a Judeo-Christian nation. And our values are built on God and from God. And I have to tell you, if you don't have the Christian values, the values that come from God, you have nothing. What you can gain the world, you can have all the money on this side of heaven, you can have degrees up the yang yang. <laughs> but if you don't love God with all your heart, soul, and might, along with nothing else, you have nothing. You absolutely have nothing. You really have. I'll tell you what happened to me real quick here. I uh <clears throat> I moved to California when I was 18 years old from uh, Alabama. And uh, at that time, when I moved out here, I have an aunt and she and her husband live here. So I came out to stay with them. And when I moved out on my own, I realized that I was very insecure. You know, in my, even though I was claiming to be a Christian, right? I, I was insecure. I had fear. <clears throat> I had doubt. I had worry. I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. And so I started going to some of the churches around. And the last church I went to was Christian Christian Center. It's a major black church over in South Central LA. And um, I would ask the preachers over there, you know, like, I'm doing everything you said do. Um, at the time I was doing the prayer and the tongue things. I was giving offerings. I was working in the church, volunteering, doing all the things, reading the Bible, getting a prayer, but my life wasn't changing at all. And I said to them, I still, I have this fear this doubt, why can't I speak? I was afraid of women. Any of the men ever been afraid of women? Only the wife. And I used to think to myself, this is not normal, why am I afraid of women? You know, this is a woman and not God, right? But I was afraid of her, more afraid of the woman than I was God. And so, uh, and they would say, oh, it's racism, it's not you. It's racism. And I heard Louis Farrakhan, all those people said the same thing. Same thing. I had not heard that in Alabama. I wouldn't talk that right, but when I moved out here and I heard the experts saying that it was racism, I believed that after a while. I believed it to the lie. We live by faith, so you have to be careful what you believe because what you believe control you. It will control you. And so <clears throat> they said of racism, and so for the first time, I started hating white people because I believed in Esther. I was, a, you know, 18, 19 years old. And I thought these people were telling the truth. All in the name of Jesus, right? And so I started hating white people for the first time. And long story short, my life went to hell real fast. It just got worse rather than getting better. And so I suffered through that and suffered through that. I listened to all that crap. And so finally, I thought, thinking to myself, if white people are controlling black people hate white people, how come the people that's telling me that white people hate white black people are doing so well in life? They were living in fine places, they, their children were going to colleges and getting great jobs and they were married. They were doing everything and they were black too. And I'm thinking, why don't the white people hold those black people back? <clears throat> and then I realized I had been lied to because I asked God to let me see myself. I didn't know myself. So I asked God one day, I said, you know what, Let's, let me see myself. I can't see myself. I, I, I didn't really know who I was. And so one day I was getting dressed, I forgot that I had asked, don't ever ask for anything, you don't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. 
So I'm standing there, right? And uh, getting dressed in the mirror, and God let me see a flash in me, within me, and I had a dark spirit. I was really dark, and it wasn't like the dark in the night. It was like a wicked, dark spirit inside of me. I was like, wow, I didn't know that was in me. <laughs> and then uh, I'm like, how do I get over this, right? But I'm glad to see it because I had not known myself. I couldn't see myself. And so uh, I wanted to know, how do I get over it? Because I realized in that same moment, it had held me back in life. That anger that I had was blinding me and I could not see right what was in front of me. And so he allowed me to see that I needed to forgive. I needed to forgive. And so I went, my mother came to, and I needed to forgive my parents first because they had done the best that they could do. They can help themselves, right? And so my mother had tried to turn me away from my father. And I, and I thought my mother was a nice lady because she went to church and she hooped and holler. And she's nice. <laughs> if you saw my mother, you would think, wow, that's a nice Christian lady, right? And she is nice, but she had this anger. And so uh, it was passed on to me. She was mad at my father because when she got pregnant, he wouldn't marry her. He denied her. But she ended up marrying my stepfather before I was born because it was an embarrassment to have children out of wedlock at that time. So I was not born out of wedlock, all right? Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> I was not born out of wedlock. And so long story short, my mother came to LA to visit her sister. And I knew I had to go to forgive because God said, when you forgive, he will forgive you. Don't ask for forgiveness, forgive, and I will forgive you. <clears throat> you know, he said that. And so at that time, I was like 38, right? And so my mother was here. So I'm driving over there to just tell my mother I'm sorry for resenting her. I realized that she couldn't help it. And I'm sorry. I didn't know anything about her history, nothing about how she grew up or anything, right? Nothing about it. And, but I knew that I had to forgive her. And so I'm driving over there, and I'm like getting all nervous and scared. And you ever seen a black man sweat? <laughs> I was sweating. <laughs> and I'm like, why am I so afraid of my mother? I'm a grown man, right? And so I realized that whenever I asked her about my father or about different things, she had an attitude about it. She would like get mad about him. He's no good. Forget about him. He doesn't love you. And I used to think she was real mean for doing that. So I, so I became angry at her. And the moment I became angry, I became like her. The same insecurity she had, I developed the same thing. And I realized that while driving over. And so I get to the house, and about three steps you had to walk up, right? And I'm like, walk up these steps, my legs are all worse than it is when you do work on your legs at the gym. <laughs> you know how you work on your legs at the gym? I hate legs. <laughs> And then the next few days, you can't have a walk. <laughs> it was like that. I was like nearly out of breath. And so I walk in the house. I knew I had to forgive. And that was my way out. So I walk in the house. They sit in the living room having fun and grinning and laughing. And right away, Satan said, this is the wrong time. You're going to mess up her vacation. But I didn't listen to Satan's voice that time. And I knew I had to forgive. So I called her in the bedroom and I said, I wanted to tell you that I'm sorry for resenting you. I realize now you conduct yourself. You turned me against my father. You were impatient. You just didn't have the love I needed. And I realized you couldn't help yourself. And I'm wrong for judging you for it, for resenting you. And for me, she apologized. She said to me, you know what? I'm sorry I did that. I had no idea I had done that. I'm sorry. 
and um, she for, for the first time she told me about her life and exactly what she did to me, her mother had done it to her. And it just, it's been passed on from generation to generation to generation to generation because it's a spiritual thing and nobody's talking about it. Nobody said, hey, you gotta forgive. They couldn't help themselves. But when I forgave my mother, God forgave me, I have not been the same since. I woke up, I really, I woke up. I literally woke up, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I woke up. I couldn't believe that I was awake. I didn't know I was asleep. But the anger had me. My eye was open and I moved around, but I couldn't see. And he forgave me. And then I got in contact with my father. I have never resented my father. I've always had a yearning for my father. Uh, that void, I had this void inside of me that could not be fulfilled with money or places or anything, right? And it was a yearning for the father. And so I had to talk to my father and I have no, and 30 years of God by now, I, I have perfect peace inside of me. I've gone through everything you can imagine over the last 29 years because you're hated for telling the truth. People hate you for it. And, but I, inside of me, I have perfect peace. And I've had it for the last 20, 30 years now. And it's so amazing. I've been called everything in the book and then some. I've been called Uncle Tom, a sellout, you hate your mama, you hate your daddy. You, uh, I've had guns run on me, literally had guns run on me because I'm an Uncle Tom. Have you ever been an Uncle Tom? <laughs> I had an Uncle Tom, but he dead now. <laughs> <laughs> he dead. But, uh, <laughs> now, I know somebody else had, had an Uncle Tom, right? His name was Tommy, but we call him Uncle Tom. I didn't know that was a negative because I love my Uncle Tom. But uh, and, and I've had guns drawn on me. Hardly a day go by when I don't get a threat, really. But inwardly, I have perfect peace. I don't care. I love what's right more than anything else. I have a son, and he's now married, and they have two kids. And I even have a great-grandson, but his daughter got married. And they have a little boy, so I'm a great granddaddy, right? But I love what's right more than I love them. I love what's right more than I love myself. So I refuse to cower down to evil because I can now see that it's a spirit. It's spiritual. It has nothing to do with being a male or female. It has nothing to do with color. And because we knew that growing up, Black Americans' lives were better. When I was growing up, one of my aunts, she and her husband, they, uh, this was during the Jim Crow era. era. They bought Buku, they got married, bought Buku land, and they had like 15 to 16 kids, maybe more, and all of their kids graduated from college. They went to high school, they went to college, and I never heard them complain about the white people. They knew it was a spiritual thing. Either you have love in your heart or you have hate. It, you can't be, you can't ride two horses at one time. And I tell you this because uh, oh, and then right after that, I started bond because I realized that black people were not all, not all, not all, not all, not all, but most were suffering not because of racism, but the lack of moral character. They didn't have the fathers there. The mother needed the father. The kids need the father. That's why God made a man and a woman so they can have babies and raise the babies, be a good example so he can work through them and show the kids how to, you know, the right way to go. And so when they grow up, they won't be deceived by the children of the lie. You know who the children of the lie are, right? Anybody know the children of the lie? 
If you don't, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> the children of the lie, the liberal media, the Democratic representatives, the rhino Republicans, the never Trumpers, the black race hustlers, those are the children and these educators in the colleges and universities. They are children of the lie. That's why we have to do it at home. We must be doing it. Good at home. And I want you to know if you if you you must be born again. And you would never, ever, 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 Mama Mia Ola, see Senor, Mama Mia, hold your wallet. You would never be able to be born again unless you can admit that you're wrong. You're wrong for hating. Uh, we have to overcome the hate because in that anger you're playing God. And there's only one God. When you have anger, you're judgmental. You hate people. You hate yourself. You make decisions. You think you know what you want. You think you know what you can do. And of ourselves, we can do nothing. And of ourselves, we know nothing. But in that anger, you think that you're God. And so that's the pride of Satan. And so you got to admit you're wrong. You must forgive. And when you forgive, God will forgive you and bring you out of the darkness into the light. I see it happening every day with millennial men and women, and some old men and women around the world. Once you forgive, you can now see. And all this stuff that's happening will start to ease up, really, because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world, right? And if you notice... I want you to know one thing. Have I been up in 30 minutes yet? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't ever give a preacher a mic. <laughs> but let me just say, if you notice the world, that's why God said be in it, but not of it. If you notice the world is the Old Testament. No trust. Families don't get along. You can't trust the government. You can't trust the doctor. You can't trust the lawyer. It's just bite-biting. You got so-called same-sex marriage out there now. And, uh, men dressed in dresses and they want you to accept that like it's a real woman. It's a drag queen. I don't care what you call it, right? <laughs> a drag queen is a drag queen is a drag queen. But uh, they, so the Old Testament is being lived out in the world. The New Testament is in our heart. It really is. He created a new reality, a new world, but it's inside of us. That's why we have to live within not without everything that come from the outside and it will destroy you but that that goes out giveth life Amen. so i want you to know that this is the greatest country and god love us yes. and if you go and forgive he will forgive you and we can save america Amen. we really can thank you so much for having me I do Amazing. And don't forget to like, follow, tweet, subscribe, and share the Justin Lee Peterson radio show, folks. We really appreciate it. We are at war. It is a spiritual battle for the soul of America. And it's going to take all of us to do it. 